Yo! Yo, yo, yo! Hello! Man, we haven't recorded in forever, true fat. Yeah, it's been a while. But yeah. now we're back on our grind. Uh, so, Philip, uh, you recently had the extra special experience of driving out to the bustling metropolis of Rappahannock County, Virginia, with me and my sister, to, uh experience life with my virginian cousins over thanksgiving how was that dog i'm glad you asked this is gonna be good i'm glad you asked patrick um so a i would like to say i really really greatly enjoyed myself uh i've i've been uh overworked for the past uh month or so and uh nothing there was nothing i needed more than spending uh, a lot of time in the middle of nowhere Drinking lots of bourbon. Uh, but <laughs> moving on from that, uh, it was a very interesting experience because uh, uh, lately my Thanksgivings have been very small affairs, uh, usually just my immediate family and, you know, no drinking really. Uh, and, but, you know, it's in Texas, so there's, there's, there's that. There's, there are some similarities between Texas and Virginia, but... Uh, in your family's case, uh, there were just so many of you, uh, so many of you. Uh, yep. It's it's like it's like you have, and it, there were there were third cousins once removed and second cousins, and I couldn't even begin to map the relations between all these people. Now it's uh, important to remember that these people are only peripherally related to me, in actuality. Oh, uh, I know. They like the close. I. Th my aunt, my, uh, my first cousin, once removed, Niney, is the only person to whom I am actually blood-related. And all the other people you met are just relatives of hers. So, so very inclusive people. But so, 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 I don't, I'm not so related to any of them. If, if I could call back uh, to an earlier episode, is, is most of these people uh, were, were fair game for you. Uh, I wouldn't go there. Perhaps if you were going by a strict reading of earlier of the they, gospel of our earlier episodes, then perhaps, they, but I wouldn't go there. They read the gospel very strict in Virginia. Yeah. That's true. Actually, it's true, they do. Well, it, it varies between family. We've got the right-wing <laughs> Virginia family, and then we've got the super left-wing Virginia that, family. That yeah. was... I mean, it depends on where, where in the state you are, right? You know, blue counties, you got your red counties, you got your purple counties. That, that, was, that was a fascinating uh, thing about, about spending that time with your family. It was you, you, did, you did have uh, kind of a divided, uh, divided group of people there. You had, you had some... A house uh, very divided. Left... Not, not divided. Not divided. Uh, they had their differences, uh, left left leaning and, and right leaning, uh, all coexisting, mostly. Um, well, isn't that Thanksgiving? I mean, really? Yeah, yeah. That's what Thanksgiving's about. It is about having having some food with people who you have very little in common with. Right. It's That's just, I, I, definitely this definition of Thanksgiving. <laughs> oh yes, yeah. I mean, because I, I was the only person in the room who was not in any way related, right? I believe that was the case. Yep. Um, but yeah, everybody was very welcoming. It was very nice. Uh, I I had a fantastic time. Oh man, like, and just just being out there was was amazing. I mean, because there's no light pollution, there's very little noise save for the occasional gunshot, um, which you know it has true. its own has its own charms. Uh, was was that from you guys? No, we didn't shoot guns. We didn't shoot guns. Uh, although you know, uh, it probably wouldn't have been a good idea. Given. We were very drunk a lot of the time. Yeah, that seems like the ideal state in which to shoot, shoot guns. I don't know what you guys well, are talking about. Well, normally, but but you don't want anybody else around. <laughs> you you want to be very sure that you're the only. Like you don't want to be in a wooded area doing these things. Um, yeah, yeah. Gun gun gunshots in a copse doesn't really work. Yeah, out. and plus your guests. You know, if it's your own home, get drunk and shoot guns off you all you want. But Emily yeah, but Post recommends is... against. Uh, Shooting guns in other people's houses. I, I had uh, at least ask permission first. Yep. Ask permission. Yeah, yeah. And and you know, besides those things, I just the the other you know the notable things that I got I got attacked by uh you know some wildlife. Uh, I I went the first night I, when I was going to sleep got attacked by a bat. It's uh, true. 
Yeah, it, yeah, it like 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 a like a vampire bat. Or yeah, like... yeah, like a like a bat. Um, I I was turning Damn. off I was turning off the light before going to bed, and I was standing in the doorway, and I I heard something move when I turned off the light, so I turned it back on, and I see this like creature scurrying behind these white curtains, and I'm like, that could either be a spider or a bat, and soon enough, it popped its head out from uh, b- behind the curtains, looks at me, and I'm just like, oh fuck. And, like, within a second, he dive-bombs right at my head. And I ducked under it, and it flew into the hallway, and I just closed the door. And it was, like, midnight. <laughs> it was midnight, and Patrick and his sister and, and everybody in the house was asleep. So I was, like, I was at an impasse. I was, like, and I was really fucking tired, really tired. And I was, like, I could either go hunt this bat and alert everybody to its presence, or I could just fucking go to sleep. And I just went to sleep. Uh... So then the next morning uh, after I had breakfast, I was like, so everybody, bat in the house. And uh, Patrick and my, I went uh, My uh, cousin, Niney, who is just a remarkable person and whom I look up just, I, whom I look up to in so many ways. She's, a form, she's an art historian, a former college professor, uh, an equestrian. She is 76, lives by herself, takes her horses out every single day. Former fox hunter, uh, noted uh, contributor in to the literature, and can drink more bourbon than I can. Yes, she's a great uh, bourbon drinker. She's brilliant, and she's so nice. She's so nice. Damn, I want to meet her. She oh, sounds dude, awesome. she's dope. We we had an amazing conversation about abortion, gay rights, and familial love over three quarters of a bottle of Eagle Rare bourbon. We got hammered. And we had that some real awesome. shit. That sounds totally awesome. But she hears the story about the badge. She's like, ah, oh, crap. I saw that bat get in through the chimney and I thought he had left. Yeah. And so yeah. then we went on the bat hunting expedition. You guys went on a bat hunt? We did. Yep. We went on a bat hunt. Fuck. It's like some, it's like some like, uh, uh, Gotham shit, right? Yeah. It's, it's like, uh, it's like you're, you guys were like the Arkham, like the, the you know, the, the Arkham Asylum. We were yelling stuff. intimidating things. Come on, Batsy. <laughs> I'm from Assassin's Creed. I would have just, I would have just been like making Joker quotes, like Heath Ledger style. Like, it's simple. It's simple. kill the bat. Yes. We find the bat and we release it gently out into the wild. That would have probably been the thing we would have done. We went around with a towel oh. and we checked behind every single curtain in the house. Did you guys find it? We found mostly stink bugs. There were so many stink bugs everywhere. What are stink bugs? Dude. They, they're what, what they sound like. Is. Yeah, you're from Hawaii. They only have like... Yeah. We only have scary bugs. Like, I don't know, like seven inch long centipedes. Yeah. Like gigantic spiders. Snails bigger than your fist, like these the, real shit. These aren't scary in so much as they're just kind of unsettling and annoying. Yes, they're everywhere. Is the thing. What do they look like? They're shield shaped, I would say. Okay. And the thing is that if you squash them, they release a terrible odor. Yeah. So you have to scrape them into a uh, jar of soapy water. And 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 your 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 sister was frighteningly efficient at. At dispatching stink She bugs. instituted the final stink bug solution, I think it would be fair to say. <laughs> Is that inappropriate? Probably. Let's cut this out. <laughs> I'm very lazy. We're not cutting shit. Yeah, I know. You're not cutting this out, but this just this no. excuses me, or at least explains me. Patrick has been drinking. It's true. Green tea. <laughs> yes, uh, yeah, the stink bugs, they were a problem. Uh, but we we slaughtered around a hundred of them. Yeah, that's not an exaggeration either. They're pretty vile overall, I would say. You guys, you guys ever have it where people who you don't know add you on Google Plus, and you're just mystified as to how they even found you in the first place? You use I'm, Google Plus? Hell yeah! No, I I I searched for something with Google, and then. It, I, I was I was logged in mysteriously. I, I'm mystified anytime anything happens with Google Plus. Yeah. Like, I, I predict I got... in the next okay. eighteen months Google Plus dies. 
It's been, a, it, am I wrong in saying that it's been an abject failure in that it is quite literally a punchline? Yeah. I don't, I have no idea. Like, I know, I hear about people using it, like non-tech people, but I've never actually, like, I don't, I don't know for sure if that's real or not. I, 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 Patrick, Patrick, I think, I think you're right. And, uh, but I don't, I think, I think this will just continue forever. I think Google will continue inventing software, uh, new, new in- incredible ways to play Dungeons and Dragons over the internet and then repackage it as social software. That's the thing is, is that, that the what, only good, is that what Google Hangouts for is, yeah, for, dude. is it for D and I assume all these like wave games over shit. I, I assume they all started as ways to play D and D. I like playing Dungeons and Dragons, so maybe this is for me. I've played D and well, I've played role, I've played Changeling uh, over Google Hangouts, and it was dope. Fuck the social aspects; just give me multi-view chat, that I mean, video chat that isn't Skype. Yeah. What if what if Postmodem was a video podcast? I was thinking <laughs> we should do like special video podcast episodes when we're That'd not totally cool. hammered. Just That'd kidding. Cool. There's no such beard. episode. Speak for yourself, man. I shaved my beard. I actually trimmed my beard today. But my neck Probably beard is now spiritual. It's still there. You just have to. It's on the inside. It yeah. is. It's, it's, yeah, exactly. I still have strong, strong opinions about the behavior of Get Up Long under Darwin. <laughs> you, know, you, know, you know what's a terrifying thought? Just imagine what it would feel like to have hair underneath your skin. Ugh. Ugh. It's like, it's like, it's like ingrown hairs, but way worse. And, and, oh. and fucking grown hairs. Oh yeah. Ingrown hairs are bad. That, that shit needs to go. Why did you say that Colin? That's terrible. I, 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 <laughs> I just had to share it. I just had to get it out. Uh. I thought it and I was just like, well, <laughs> Everyone needs to know about this now. So, uh, on, on the topic of holidays, what are you, what are you guys uh, planning to do for, do for Christmas? I'm going to Paris. Ain't no thang. <laughs> are you going to go gorillas? I'm, yeah, I'm going to go gorillas. <laughs> Kanye West! DJ Khaled! Did you guys listen to Cruel Summer? The Kanye West Good Music compilation album. Oh yeah, I listened to the hell out of that. I I didn't listen to it, and, and for a second I was confused because there was a uh, a a super chunk cover of a Banana Rama song called "Cruel Cruel Summer." I listened to that. <laughs> Noted. It's good, dude. You should listen to it. There's a lot of really oh, good I, tracks I will, on that. I will. They 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 do their really a really good version of uh, Chief Keef's "Don't Like." <laughs> which is just an amazing song. I guess I should open this Dropbox folder every once in a while. Once in a while, huh? <laughs> we do have a Dropbox folder where we share rat tracks. It's true. Yeah, I've been a, I've been a ghost for the past month. Few yeah, months. You have. yeah, you've been heads down. But uh, no, uh, I thought I thought Cruel Summer was not it was not an immortal record, but it no. was a it was a record where there and the fact that it was like the really great tracks had already been released, except for the one track where you have Ghostface Killer of the Wu Tang Clan for the listeners who New don't God know. God flow. Uh who hopped on this song that sampled one of his songs and just demolished Kanye and demolished Pusha T. Yeah. And then, and then the Raekwon verse immediate on the song immediately following that is also amazing. But honestly, it's like you get to hear ghost and Ray back to back kind of almost. It's like, Hey, this is, this is almost like a clan joint. Like, but honestly, what I was really glad about cruel summer is uh, how prominently featured Pusha T was because for the listeners who don't know, Pusha T was a member of the uh, 2000s group Clips and released one of the best rap albums ever, Hell Hath No Fury. If you don't know it, you should go and listen to it now because it's an utterly mm-hmm. magnetic album. Uh, but Absolutely. he was never commercially successful until he signed with Kanye, and now he's very big, and this makes me happy. Yep. Uh, so I'm going, I'm going back to see my folks for, for Christmas back in Hawaii. Oh, that sounds nice. Yeah, I'm going to be there uh, maybe like six days, something like that. Not too long, but good, good, good long time. I'll be back here for New Year's. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm taking a pretty long, long-ass trip to Texas. I, I, yeah, that's right. You're going to, like, both to Austin and Corpus Christi, right? Yeah, yeah, because after after this week, I'm just taking the rest of the year off, so I'm going to go to Austin for about a week uh, and visit some old friends there and then spend the rest of the month in Corpus Christi uh, with my parents and uh, some friends that live down there and uh, then come back to New York for New Year's. Because I, I like to be here for New Year's. It's kind of a, more of a... Happen in place for that, uh, you know. You you have you have options other than do they do they have do do they do something in New York for New Year's? I'm not, I'm not super familiar with that. It's 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 a big it's, party or something it's, like that? it's it's well hidden. You got to be in the know. I think they drink. Yeah, it's 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 not it's not the kind of blowout you'd get in, in a city like Corpus Christi. But you know it's no, okay. No, in Corpus Christi, the whole town's gonna come together and you know uh, watch the ball drop figuratively. Yeah, yeah. Ball, balls drop. Yeah, yeah. It's to celebrate the, uh, you know, the new year and, and all of the 13-year-old the men in the town get up on stage. There's a <laughs> celebration in their honor. And it's called the ball drop. But, um, yeah. Yeah, finger guns. <laughs> I, I, I'm so happy that you, you let everybody know what you were doing there. I, I knew. But I'm, I'm glad we, 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 we knew. I'm going to, don't worry, listeners, I'm going to publish a GIF of myself doing some finger guns on our, on the show shake. Uh, and I, I'm, listeners, I'm going to need you to repeat this GIF throughout the show just so you know what I'm always doing, which yeah. is finger at, guns. At any time Patrick, Patrick's voice raises even slightly, the guns have come out. I'm from Assassin's Creed. Stab, 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 stab. <laughs> <laughs> Patrick's been drinking, remember. <laughs> so, uh there's uh I guess we have we haven't podcasted in a while, so a lot of things have happened, but I think one of the more notable things is uh Disney bought Lucasfilm and we have new Ooh, Star Wars yeah. movies coming. Yep, it seems like it's gonna be uh Jeff uh Jeffrey Vaughn. Ma- Matthew Vaughn. Matthew Vaughn. Matthew Vaughn. Matthew Vaughn, uh, director of films such as X Men: First Class, uh, Kick Ass, and, and and producer of Lock, Stock, and Snatch. Yeah, and, and I, I I would give him much of the credit for those movies because Guy Ritchie sucks. That dude does suck, and believe me, I love Snatch and Locked and Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels. Yeah, I wanted. I was. I used to be a big Guy Ritchie fan, but then. Uh, you know, he made all those Revolver. other films, and I was like, "Whoa!" You know, I think Matthew Vaughn. Because Matthew Vaughn left him, and I was like, "Then that guy sucked." I used to think it was Madonna's fault, but no, 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 no. But anyway, we're sorry, Madonna. Sorry, with all due apologies to <laughs> noted listener Madonna. You were really cool <laughs> once upon a time, friend of the show, Madonna. <laughs> Do you want to no come on our thing. podcast, Madonna? Yeah, dude, Madonna, if you want to be on Postmodem, just hit us up. You know how to get in touch with us. No, but seriously, we should have some, uh, we should have some guests, yeah. I mean, I, I was actually going to talk about that. I think the very first guest we have to have, like, I think it's just, it just it's, it's the only guest that makes sense to start off with is Peter Hosey. Oh, yes. I mean, like, how can we have anybody else as the first guest? Uh, you raise a good the, point. The distinguished editor, really, you could say Ed- he's the architect. Editor emeritus. Editor Emeritus. He's the James Madison to the United States of America that is postmodem. Did you know? United States of postmodem. Did did you know that James Madison would drink in a day an entire pint of whiskey? Holy shit! Every day, like if if you're gonna have if you're gonna have one drink, make it a pint of whiskey. Nah, amateur. (laughs) <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, I'm just That's a lot of whiskey. I'm just bullshitting. See this see listeners, put up the finger guns gif now. Yes. <laughs> but anyhow, I, I anyhow. Google I just Googled for the for a pint of whiskey and I found a picture of a cafeteria milk carton painted to look like a Jack Daniels bottle. Did you know uh, that yeah, they yeah. sell uh milk cartons full of whiskey in Japan? I'm not surprised. They sell lots of things in cartons and cans in Japan. There's vending machines everywhere. When I was in Japan, when I was in high school, uh, I spent around 
50 or 60 hours without sleep because I had just arrived in Tokyo and I only had three days to experience Tokyo before I went off to extremely rural Japan, so I didn't want to miss a moment. By the end of 50 or 60 hours awake, you get very jumpy and very paranoid. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So the thing about Japan is that vending machines talk to you. Right. And when I say talk to you, I mean they yell as you walk by them. They're like, buy the soda. And I'm like, ah! And then I would always buy the soda. <laughs> because they have uh, sodas named Gun Gun Gun. I would drink Gun Gun Gun. I would, yeah, like, that sounds awesome. Gun 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 is a fizzy coffee energy drink soda. Jesus. It sounds amazing. This, this was, this Bring was, this to America. This was around the time you, you, were, you first started smoking cigarettes too, right, Patrick? Uh, yeah. I think the second pack of cigarettes I ever bought was in Japan. And the yeah. th- interesting thing about smoking cigarettes in Japan is, A, everybody smokes cigarettes. B, the traditions for smoking cigarettes are very different. Uh, whereas in America, the, uh, you know, the accepted cigarette fad is, you know, you go outside, you stand outside awkwardly in the cold around a restaurant, and people bum cigarettes off of you. Uh, that's considered very rude in Japan because you're sitting around clogging up some air. So you have to walk while you're smoking cigarettes. People just stride around smoking cigarettes, and their hearts somehow manage to keep up with the incredible toxins. Uh, so <laughs> I'd be stride, 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 cough, please, oh God, dying, stride, 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 <laughs> inhale, cough. <gasps> yes, uh, don't so, smoke, kids. So, so that's, that's a difference between Japan and U.S., but you know what they have in common a love for Star Wars, which we were talking about. Yes, that's, that's, I, was, I, I also think we should return to the topic of Star Wars. Sorry, so I, have a lot of super dig- I have a lot of super opinions on Star Wars. Dude. No, no, no need to apologize. It's on the website, which we have now at postmodemcast.net. No, dot .com. No, dot .com. It says on the website that we are, we are three highly branching and divergent young men. It's a good we website, and I, only, and I don't just say this because I wrote the brilliant code that powers it. I also say this because my esteemed friend Colin did the design, and my esteemed friend Philip secured the domain name. I secured it very well too. I used I used Node.js. You had that shit on lock. You secured the fuck out of it. Patrick, Patrick, what you, what did you write the site in? Was it was it a, any any Node? Was it cool? Uh, I wrote it in Ruby. Uh, I don't. I'm not proud. <laughs> it's 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 based on Sinatra. It's like, it's uh, 60 lines of Ruby. Yeah, it literally just fetches the RSS feed. Yep. <laughs> yes. It responds to, yes. it responds to HTTP requests. And surprisingly enough, when we published it, it did not go, it did not crash to a screaming halt. I would have bet, signif- I would have bet at least $20 that the website would have crashed. I'm glad I didn't. I, I, I as well. Um, so Star Wars, um, yes, <laughs> take, take, take it away, Colin. So it, it, the situation so far seems that we've got the, 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 the writer of Toy Story three and, and Lawrence, Kas- uh, Lawrence Kasdan, right? It, uh, Lawrence Kasdan. I, I read that he attached. I, I read that. I, I read that he, I, well, this, and it's not confirmed, but I read that they approached him as well as the guy who wrote Toy Story three. The guy, uh, okay, hold on. I don't remember his name, and I want to get it right because I'm going to mention him a bunch. Um, so, uh, Michael Arndt. Yeah. Um, he also wrote Little Miss Sunshine, and apparently he has given a number of lectures uh, at, like, you know, film screenwriting symposiums and whatnot, writers' conferences and stuff like that, about the first Star Wars movie. And just talking about, you know, what makes it good and all sorts of stuff like that and, like, how it works structurally. So, and he writes, he's a very good writer. I like a number of the movies he's written. Uh, I mean, Toy Story 3 is obviously fantastic. Little Miss Sunshine, also fantastic. Oh, yeah. Um, great movie if you haven't seen it. Really funny. That, it hurts my heart. It's hilarious, yeah. but it hurts my heart. It's not oh, light. Oh no, hearted. absolutely. It's it's a it's not a movie that you can just be like ha 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 ha. Like it, it's it's a it's a evocative emotive movie. It will make you feel lots of feelings. Yeah, I said I I remember when I saw it. I told people I literally laughed and I cried. Yes. 
um, great movie. Um, ends the movie ends with some of the most awkward cinema I've ever had oh, to watch. Oh, um, uh, yeah, wow. Uh, so listeners, anyway, if this, if the, you have an animated <laughs> gif of Patrick cringing, now is the time to pull that out. I'll I'll, I'll upload one of those too. <laughs> Lord knows I do it enough in real life. You guys deserve to see it. <laughs> so, so this guy seems good. He, uh, Marco Arndt. He seems. I think he's he's going to do a pretty good job with it. Yeah, I, I trust him. Uh, I like. Um, we're just talking about him. I can't remember his name either. Um, Matthew Vaughn, director. Matthew Vaughn. Thank you. He's. He, I like his stuff too. I think he's he's going to bring. Um. Both of them, I think, are going to bring very different feel to, to Star Wars and and I think that will work. My original idea, like when they first announced this, was that I wanted it to basically be like sort of almost in a way a reboot of the first movie, but like sort of a retelling of the story of the first movie with different sort of characters, but in the same sort of universe. And you could have, you know, like sort of like analogs, like, oh, here's a kind of a Luke Skywalker type character. Here's kind of a Han Solo type character and stuff like that. But, you know, not necessarily bringing back any of the original cast for the first film. Yeah. Because I just I just feel like, you know, come on, like those we all know Han Solo. We all know Luke Skywalker and Princess Leia. Like their stories are finished. Like we don't need necessarily know a whole lot more about them. Like, th- those journeys, you know, what I mean, those journeys are over and they're wrapped up, especially especially the main saga of the, 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 those, the first three movies is really about sort of, I mean, obviously it wasn't planned this way, but it's sort of about Darth Vader, right? And like how he, his sort of redemption and, you know, like the, the idea of, you know, like Return of the Jedi deals with a lot of these things really well, even if it's kind of a mess yeah. the movie. Um, but the themes in it are great. Like it, you know, deals with the idea of, you know, like sons rescuing fathers and like, you know, like growing up as a man and becoming, as you get older, you kind of end up seeing, you know, you you end up see, watching your father become an old man and not the a pow- the powerful person that you remember from when you were young, right? Yep. And you have to, you end up, you know, it's it, it's natural, right? You know, sons are supposed to bury their fathers, yeah. right? Yeah. And so it's like, it's sort of dealing with that sort of universal human experience of like. Now I'm an adult now. I'm this, you know, this fully formed person. Like, I'm really, I'm in this alone now. You know, right? You know, I'm, I'm the father now. Yeah. Right? And, like, and, it, and it teaches you that if you're really lucky, your dad, you might get to see your dad throw a motherfucker down a shaft before you bury him. Right. Yeah. Like, and then you get to see his fucking skeleton too, which was always my favorite part. Oh, that was so good. When, 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 when he's like, you see, it's like that shot, like the medium shot of, 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 yeah, the medium close-up of Vader, and he's like leaning over the railing, and then he's like, they have the like the flash of his skeleton real quick, I, I, like after the Emperor's already fallen down, and you're like, oh! I, I still, I still maintain that if they had not had that close-up, I, I, you would not have believed that he was dying. I would not have believed for a second that Darth Vader would have died from that unless they showed his skeleton. For sure, right. I like people talk shit about Return of the Jedi, and sure, the Ewoks are terrible, the pacing is terrible, but uh I think the fi- I think that the uh, Palpatine Vader uh, Luke oh, yeah. scene justifies really all of that because it's fucking gripping. I, I, I so I actually I agree, but I also disagree. So I think the the Vader Luke Palpatine shit is gold. Like that stuff is fucking amazing. Yeah. Uh, the first act of the movie also fucking amazing. Uh, I kind of feel like they overreached a little bit on the Sarlacc thing. Like, it kind of just looks like a hole in the ground. Yeah, like, it doesn't really look as cool and, as it really should. And even in, it really should. And in the special edition, it didn't get much better. No, of course not. I mean, uh, but like, other than that, I think they really like the first act of the movie is like they fucking nailed it. Like they introduced all the characters exactly the right time. The pacing is amazing. Up until the like. The sail barge, you know, the sail barge blows up and they fly away. Like that's that mo- the movie is brilliant and perfect. Yeah, because the because uh, the opening scene, uh, and I saw this mentioned. This is not an original thought. Is that you come in and you're really not sure whether like Luke has succumbed to the dark side because he comes yeah, in right. and he's super threatening and he's 
he's almost thuggish in a way. He comes yeah. in with his hands folded in that way, and he just talks shit about everyone. And he gets yeah, and he he's wearing this like the like sort of reminiscent of like the emperor cloak, kind of like yeah, it's very like emperor cloak, and yeah, it's very like threatening looking. He's he's intimidating, and like you know when R two projects that message of him, he's like, "I'm a Jedi Knight." You're like, "Oh shit!" Like it's badass. Like he seems awesome, and it's like the reveal too of like where what it, you know like all the different characters and like Leia being uh, a bounty hunter. All of that stuff is just so well done. Oh yeah, just just great. And and they don't spend a bunch of time catching you up on bullshit that you don't need to know about. And like they just drop you right into awesome action. Yeah, I mean, had it, and, had it been and, one of the prequels, we would have gotten fucking thirty minutes of Luke building that lightsaber. Which you know, oh. part of me is like, might have been kind of cool, but it doesn't need to be in the movie. No. I mean, maybe you could even make, if you really wanted to put that in there, you could have that be like, like, I don't know, like a 10 second sequence, right? Montage. See him. No, not even a montage. You just see him finish it, turn it on. It works. And then he walks away and then they cut out, cut to something else. Right. Yeah. Like, just like put that somewhere in there at a beat, like in the, in the thing and just like drop that in. If you really wanted to show the lightsaber construction, but nothing more than that. We don't need to know. It doesn't matter. Right. What matters is that he built the fucking lightsaber and you get to see him use it. And that's cool as shit. It comes out of R2-D2. Yeah. Like, gets it with the force. Like, that's so satisfying. Like. Yep. And, yep. It, and, and like, I remember, I distinctly remember being maybe seven. And when that scene occurred, I mean, my heart soared. Yeah. And the music is epic. And like, so, but the problems with that movie are actually seeds of them are shown in that in that fight actually where Jabba where he you know Luke takes out Jabba on the sail barge and all that stuff um, because if you think about it that fight sequence is kind of a circus like there's just kind of a lot of shit going on all at once right. like and a lot of it doesn't really have you're like other than like it doesn't really have any point it's just people like there's just crazy shit going on and people are just sort of doing things like for the, you know, like all the stuff with Lando and like with Han Solo, like yeah. Boba Fett. I mean, that's fun. Boba Fett. And grip. Yeah, like what? That that's bullshit. Exactly. Like who? Who? What purpose does that serve other than as a laugh? Like, it's just it's just goofy and like weird. Yeah. And, like I mean, and, and that's really the problem with the the end of the movie too, is that there's not only is there the awesome sequences with with Luke and Vader and the Emperor, but there's also all of that bullshit with the space sequences that you don't care about. Like no one cares about that. It doesn't matter. Like the only thing you want to see is you want to see the millennium Falcon make that trench run. Mm-hmm. Right. That's what you want to see. And they don't even do that. They just fly into some stupid hole. And then they like, yes, that was horseshit. You know I mean? That pissed yeah, me off like, so we're much. Flying, we're flying straight and there's like obstacles and stuff. And like, okay. And, like, and whatever. Like, then there is this giant chamber that you could fit like a million ships in. The lesson of the yep. first Death Star was, you know what? Maybe the hole wasn't big enough. Right, exactly. It's and and then like they definitely yeah, had some it. substandard talent working on the second Death Star. <laughs> I mean, I think all the really good engineers, you're rock star programmers. They were they were all on the first Death Star and they got blown up. Yeah, like, you know we got we're in a clerk situation. They were running yeah. their fucking but, unit tests and then somebody fucking sent some bullshit down. Proton torpedo. Yeah. Or shit. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so. How are those better than MongoDB? <laughs> the Death Star <laughs> runs on Node.js and MongoDB, which is why we had to blow it up. <laughs> <laughs> so, the other thing is not, it's not only the fucking space battles, it's a bunch of bullshit on the planet, too. Oh, man. That you also don't care about. Oh, like, yeah. You could measure. You don't care. You would need highly sophisticated scientific instruments to see how much I care about the ground battle of Endor. Right. Endor's moon, not, to be it's specific. Not, it's not because of the Ewoks. Like, just, it's not. It, the problem is not the Ewoks. No, it, like, they could remove the Ewoks and it would still be a bunch of people fighting this ground battle for no real reason and you don't really care about it. They don't. All the interesting it, shit help. is happen. I mean, they, they have a reason in, in the, the, the context of the story, obviously. They need to get the shield down, so the, the blah, blah, blah. But, like, from a structural perspective, it's doing nothing for us. 
we already have the conflict about the themes of the movie happening on the Death Star. Yeah. Like, the other shit is just filler. It's, like, it doesn't serve any purpose. It doesn't tell us anything about these yeah. characters. There's no the, ideological clash or anything like that. Like, whereas, you know, in the, the second movie, when you had that the Battle of Hoth, that is gripping and exciting because they're fighting to, like, they're trying to run away, yeah. right? And they're trying to escape, and then you've got to hold them off so they can live to fight another day, and, like, then you have the whole, you know... They fucked it up because, and then Vader's punishing them and all of this stuff. So it's like more interesting yeah. and it's dealing and with, it sets you up for the rest of the movie. The, the only purpose there really is so fucking Han, Solo, and Leia can make eyes at each other and, and for Han occasionally to do something kind of funny. Right. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's pointless and padding. And that's, and, and speaking of pointless and padding, you have the entire second act of the movie. Mm, yeah. That's why I said all the pacing of, is really bad because the yeah. second act is so bad. It's so awful. Like, what the hell? Like, we spend all this time just watching them walk around Endor. And, like, there's no, like, it's fine if you need to show, like, you know, I understand that not everything can be interesting and that not everything can be, like, super, like, you know, sometimes people just have to do do kind of boring things to move the story along. That's fine. But usually when that's happening, you cut away from that and then show us something more interesting. Like, it's like they forgot to do that and they just showed people just walking around, like, doing stuff. Like, the speeder bike chase scene. Cool, but ultimately, like, not really... Like, what? What is the point of that sequence? Like, why would any, why would anyone, like, do any of the stuff that they did to, like, yeah, even get them into that situation with the, the bikes and like grab getting on the bikes and trying to take them out and like all this stuff. It's just like, this doesn't make any sense. What about the like, you know, I don't know, like how many troops do they have with them behind them? Right? Like they had like a full like squad. Like why didn't they shoot down the speeder bike people? Like surely one of them had some sort of rifle. <laughs> like, or surely one of them was like, I know how to fly a speeder bike. I'll get on it and take this guy out. Like, you know, the, 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 you know, the generals and like the Jedi Knight and like the fucking princess, they don't need to put themselves at risk. Right. Like <laughs> their, their military structure is all fucked up. Right. And it's just, it's also unsatisfying because it's like, why is she, you know, like what is. All right. So like, let's say you, you're, you're, you're you, you, let's say you argue that Leia does it because she, it's you know, showing her being powerful. She gets on the thing, but that's totally erased. You know, she, she gets on the thing to go chase after the guy to help. You know, she's, like, asserting herself. But then that's totally erased by the fact that then she, like, like, what happens with her in the Ewoks? Like, she doesn't end up, you know, destroying the guy. She, like, sort of, like, like fucks up the speeder chase. She doesn't get him. She, like, falls off the bike. She, like, gets, passes out. She finds this weird Ewok dude. They, like, turn her into this weird princess again. It's, like, it's not, there's no development of her character there. It's just, she's just static. Yeah. And it just doesn't make and, sense. And not to mention the whole fucking C-3PO as, you know, a, as a god. Jesus Christ. We did not need yeah. that shit. The one yeah. thing I did like about that, though, the one thing I did like is the callback to the first movie when he says, I'm not much good at telling stories. Right, right. And then he tells this awesome story and then they like all have like. And then that, that like, like wins over the Ewoks to them. That's cool. Like, like that's cool development for C-3PO. Like, sort of like, no, dude, you're actually a fucking badass. Like, give yourself some credit. Like, yeah. Like, that was awesome. Etiquette, protocol, like, and oratory. <laughs> nice. Fingerguns.gif. <laughs> but yeah, so, like, returning to the topic of, of the seventh Star Wars movie... I've heard or I've read that it seems like they are going to try to do a continuation of the story. Yeah. Which is I'm I'm suspicious of that because I don't really know what you can really deal with from a from a like a thematic perspective involving these characters without going somewhere really dark and like out of character for the Star Wars franchise. You know what I mean? Like you could totally do the like Anne and Leia aren't getting along. And, like, Luke is, like, an alcoholic, you know, wash-up. And, like, or whatever, right? Like, you, know, you could do some some hackneyed story about them. And then they're, you know, they're old and middle-aged. And then they have to figure out how to learn to be, like, okay with the fact I mean, that they're old. But that, would, whatever, you, that like, would entail bringing back, you know, Mark Hamill and uh, 
fucking Harrison Ford and Carrie Fisher, and nobody wants to see that at this point. Because Harrison Ford looks around 102. I think that's what's going to happen, though. Man, I really hope that doesn't happen. I really hope they just start... I don't expect them to start from a new story. I don't expect them to throw all the way what happened, but... Please don't bring Harrison Ford back. That would just be undignified. Part of me expects them to take the the ge- the geopolitical situation like they've they've just toppled the empire but you know that wasn't the end of it like you blow up the death star that's not the end like you have to you got to win the peace man like you you can't just be donald rumsfeld blowing up death stars with no plan for the occupation like you see there's the but, death but stars the, we know but we already but the thing is that that's already kind of been covered and that story isn't really that interesting because that is the story of the book. Oh, I'm not saying like the, instead I'm, of universe. I'm not saying that's what it should be, but I, I think right. that would be a lot a logical place for somebody like this to start. I, I I don't think they're even going to pretend like, you know, most of the public at large has even read the extended universe. Sure, no, I don't expect them to. Well, I don't either. But what I mean is, we've already seen that movie, and it honestly isn't that interesting. No, I I, I agree with you, and I hope I hope they don't <laughs> do it. But I I think. They may. Yeah. The other thing is, I hope there's not a bunch of bullshit, like, callbacks to, like, the prequels, too. Oh, that'd be terrible. Like, well, what if there was just a bunch of, like, Gungans and, like, Trade Federation stuff and, like, if I, whatever, like, if I, crazy rain, rainy planet that the clones are from? Camino. Or whatever. Com- if, Camino? If I, is that what yeah, it? if I swear to God, if I see one fucking Gungan, I'm going to punch the shit out of a lot of people. Yeah. Um, I actually think the first movie isn't that bad, by the way. The first, the, the episode one, like of the three of them, I think that's probably the best as a film. Really? Hmm. Yeah. I would say I, the second one is probably the most tolerable. No way. The second one's terrible. It's mm, unwatchable. Okay. Hmm. The second Maybe one is the unwatchable. Third. The third one is so bad. No. The third one is horrible. I, I no, found... dude, the first one, the first one is just appalling in my bit. Like, oh. oh man, the first one is actually there's some good sequences in there. Like Jake Lloyd and Natalie Portman are both just miserable uh, in that movie. Like I like Natalie Portman, but she is just not. Have you seen Jake She's... Lloyd now? Oh man, no. that poor bastard. He what he doesn't look so good. What happened to him? Star Wars. I mean, what does he look like? Like, is he like on heroin? Like, what are we talking <laughs> about here? Like, he, he just looks very awkward. He kind of had the whole Haley Joel Osment thing happen to him, where, where I, I guess it's like you looked so cute when you were a kid that you just turn into a mutant when you're an adult. Right. Yeah, he no longer looks in the slightest bit adorable. He's not like hideous, but he's like the slightest bit. He has some acne scars, you know. He just doesn't look good. It's it's not a pretty well, picture. There's yeah. no Macaulay so, Culkin who managed to look like reasonably good, except for the time when he got hooked on like when he got like skeletally thin because he may have been hooked on drugs. I don't really know. I don't want to lie, uh, slander the dude. Uh, but he's a Hollywood actor, so he probably was hooked on drugs. You know, reasonable to assume. <laughs> um, so. Aside from their terrible performances and aside from the fact that Jar Jar is honestly like borderline offensive as a character. Yeah, that's some step and fetch like, it shit. I'm going to go on the record as saying that, that that's some <laughs> seriously offensive shit. Yeah, the movie is actually not that terrible. Like there are some fun sequences. It's got some weird pacing. There's like some some of the characters don't really make a whole lot of sense, but like. Ultimately, it is a satisfying movie to watch. It, like, the pod race sequence is great. The battle at the end, you feel kind of invested in that. Like, the, the people uh, are kind of like, you're like... Are you, I hope you're not talking about the space battle. No, 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 not the space battle, the ground battle. I mean, with, the, with the robots and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah, and it's, it's, hard, it's hard for me to divorce my, my initial disappointment from, like, this is new Star Wars, and it's terrible, from how right. I feel about that movie. I mean, there's so I don't much. Know. I, no, saw, I, I saw so much fun like there. five times in the theaters, and I didn't realize it was a bad movie until like six years later. Yeah, <sighs> I saw it two or three times in the theaters, and I mean, I thought I was like, this isn't super good, but there, I still think there are some great sequences in that movie that make it a worthwhile film to watch, and like, there's some there was 
It's like Vader. There is good in him. <laughs> like, like, I see the conflict within you. Like, uh, but the second movie, I, I literally, it, it, I watched it like two, three, maybe four times, and I can't for the life of me name a single plot point of the movie, or, uh any of like the secondary characters or anything like that. The only thing I remember is that, that at one point Obi-Wan plays Sherlock Holmes basically and goes to oh, some rainy God, planet yes. and finds all the clones. Yeah. And then it's like, and then there's like Boba Fett as a little kid and then his dad and like, they're all wearing the Mandalorian armor and stuff like that. And, and then at the end of the movie, Yoda and, and uh, Christopher Lee have a fucking, Yoda does a backflip. Yoda does a fucking backflip and he uses a lightsaber. It's yeah. just like oh, what? Okay, here's here's what I think happened. Uh, after after episode one, I and that was that was a that was a that was a traumatic experience. And I think what happened was for episode two and three, I not only lowered my expectations, but I I downgraded Star Wars to the level of something like uh like a B movie almost or like. I don't know, like something like Die Hard, where I'm just like, you know what? I'm just gonna completely turn off my brain, and I just want to see pretty lights. And I think Star Wars Episode Two and Three had more moments that I was just like, oh look, fan service, or cool lightsaber battle. But I, th- I think you're right. First, the first one was probably a better film. And Maybe also, I... oh god, I'm sorry, Philip. Go on. What? One more thing. Uh, after you've listened to this podcast. Go find the Patton Oswalt bit about killing George Lucas at midnight with a shovel. We'll put that in the show shape. Yeah. Yes, we will. That shit is brilliant. It is so pretty funny. genius. To me, you know, this may be stupid, but I actually like the uh, rapport that Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen have going on. Because it is a bit, it's a, it, it's simultaneously sort of bro-y. And a little bit weird. There's a little bit of conflict because I didn't Christian, you know, Anakin obviously has some personality disorders. Like, I don't know. It's, it, it's not great art, but it's at least somewhat fun to watch for me. It's certainly better than the fucking trade federation bits in episode one. And the, like the endless Senate scenes, God, uh, in episode one, so bad. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, I don't know. I feel like watching Hayden Christensen and Ewan McGregor is like watching a brick wall talk to a stone wall. <laughs> well, that would be pretty cool to be fair. Yeah. I mean, It'd be some David Lynch. Talk. I mean, uh, to, if you really think about it, I mean, it, it, it is really a lot more, a lot like that, that Pat Nozzle bit where, you know, you got George Lucas like, Hey, did you like the intergalactic conflict of the last three movies? You want to see the parliamentary procedure that led to them? No, George. No, like that sounds like shit. <laughs> I mean, the, the 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 sort of the like the ultimate. It's not the punchline, but it's like the the sort of the the heart of the bit. The game he's playing is, I don't care where the things I love came from. I just love the things I love. <laughs> and that's what he says at the end. It's like that's that's it. Like, and it's the same thing with. We don't care what happens after the credits roll to these people, right? We just, we, you know what I mean? Like, I don't give a shit about, like, what Luke is doing, like, how he spends his days. Like, does he read comic books? Like, <laughs> who cares? Like, yeah, like, like I mean, like, they should do something like... His story is over. Like, he fucking beat Darth Vader. He's a Jedi Knight. Like, he's done. He's set. Like, his... <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you don't need to see more from him. And I mean, the books cover some of this stuff and they're they're real they're pretty good i've read many 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 star wars novels yeah um, it, it seems like i read your amazon seen... reviews what i read your amazon reviews sorry colin is this too personal oh. no no go for it there are some funny ones uh yeah we were on amazon the other day uh i was buying you a book in exchange for some excellent proofreading uh of so uh, of an essay i was writing postmodern listeners colin's a damn good editor get on that shit Buy him some books. Yeah. Uh, and we found some uh, Amazon reviews he wrote as a youth. Uh, Star yeah, Wars novels. Like, it was It's pretty fucking gold. And you know what? Eight out of eight people found it helpful. So. I, I don't remember the Star show Wars shake novel, it. actually. I will well, find I mean, it. I thought it was a Star Wars novel. I could be wrong. No, there was, there was one that was Radiohead. I did, wrote a review of OK Computer that was pretty good. You know, it was pretty decent. 
I enjoyed it. Considering I was like 16 when I was uh, when I wrote it. Believe me, yeah, I wrote some Amazon reviews that are thankfully now lost to time. <laughs> I wrote some really, really pretentious reviews of like Elliot Smith albums. Oh God, it makes me yeah, the- cringe. Doc F. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I did. I did write a, uh, a Star Wars novel. Yeah, I knew it. Review. Of yeah. course, you did. Uh, I'll, I'll read. It's very short. I'll read it to you guys. Uh, it's it's a review of the Emperor's Plague. Star Wars Young Jedi Knights Book 11 by Rebecca Moesta. The legendary oh, 11th book. novel in the series. Um, Kevin J. Anderson has, in all but title, become the historian of the Star Wars universe. This book has a climactic ending. I don't want to give anything away, but let me tell you, it is great. <laughs> I don't... <laughs> a Hemingway like oh, oh, Kevin J. Anderson and Rebecca Moesta wrote it together. Not indicated in the view I was looking at amazon um, yeah man i loved those books the young jedi knight books are so good they're great um did you did you ever read the junior jedi knights books no i didn't those are the ones about the <laughs> those are the ones about the other son of of uh A- anakin Ron and Leia. anakin yeah and and they're 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 much more like uh, you know they're like sixty pages long sort of like they're chapter books right right um, um they're they're very you know like you, you one of the ones you would get out of that like scholastic catalog mm-hmm. where you would you, where the school would like force you to like buy overpriced books right and it's like and you're like god damn it I wasn't um, ever like god damn it I was like books no oh I loved it but your parents were like these books are so overpriced yeah your school my is an were asshole like, books. Parents were like, way, somebody was... else buys the books for my child. By the way, when I was 12 when I wrote that review. Nice. 11. Sorry, 11. It was March 24th, 1998. I was 11 years old. Was Amazon around back then? Fuck. Yeah, dude. Yeah. I also wrote a review of The Golden Compass, and uh, which zero out of one people found helpful because the review text is, I love this book. I can't wait for the third book to come out. <laughs> I gotta say, Colin, it could be better. That review, <laughs> that review is lacking in certain yeah. several. In, in several it's lacking no. in substance. That was the sophomore slump right there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The third review I wrote, um, four years later, in 2002, was of a, a really good book, uh, "Signal to Noise" by Eric Nyland. Um, fantastic book. Oh, that dude's good. Um, yeah, he's a really good writer, and Signal to Noise is a great book. Um, my review is also very short. Nyland did a really great job with this book. As a programmer and amateur physicist, what? I really enjoyed the descriptions put into this book. A little slow and confusing at first, but still a great read. I highly recommend it. <laughs> amateur physicist? I didn't, know I, you, I didn't know you were into amateur <laughs> physics. I don't... I, apparently <laughs> I was... <laughs> Um, that sounds like the sort of shit I would say, though. Uh, Amateur when physics when is when, when you 16, say that the acceleration 16. due to gravity is 10. Because <laughs> <laughs> you don't have a calculator, because that's highfalutin shit. Now, my, my friends and I in, 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 uh, in high school were, were into, like, math for fun and, like, physics and, like, reading, like, textbooks and stuff like that and just super nerdy stuff. And just, like talking about like astronomy and like theoretical physics like we didn't know shit about it but we like just we like to just sit around and like talk about it like um i don't know just like i, I remember in eighth grade i read uh some book about like schrodinger i think it's like the curse of schrodinger's cat or something like that um and like my mind was just like holy shit my mind is blown right now and uh so i remember being really into that stuff and uh, in in elementary school, a bunch of my friends and I read uh, a book by Michio Kaku called Hyperspace mm-hmm. about like about just like the crazy like ten dimensional physics and black holes and like sort of you know pop science type stuff right. like and we like fucking loved the hell out of that book even though we couldn't really understand it because we were like you know ten, um, but it's a uh, yeah, I mean, that doesn't surprise me at all that I would write that I was an amateur physicist. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. 
And then we were like, we filmed like a short movie in somebody's backyard and we like did like rotoscoping to add like lightsaber effects to like the bamboo sticks we were using. Um, that was fun. The one, Patrick, the one that you were mentioning that got eight, eight out of eight people found it helpful was this very long review I wrote of OK Computer. That's a, yeah, I, I genuinely enjoyed that review. Yeah, it's a pretty good review. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, you you're you're a very good writer, Colin. Uh, I especially enjoyed uh, your recent article on uh, fixed length enumerations in C. Yeah, this is you know you certainly had some uh, ways to go, but uh, it's gen <laughs> it, all... it's genuinely good. You there's passion behind there. Yeah, I think I mean my my, my the biggest thing I struggle with as a as a, as a writer is. Uh, I self-edit too much, and I self-edit while I'm writing. Right. So, like, I'll go back and edit something as I'm writing it, and then I'll, like, make, you know, like, the, the tenses will get confused, like, sentences will kind of, like, turn around in the middle of it, and, like, I'll forget words, or, like, stuff will just get missed in word processing as I'm, like, going through it. Yeah, I do that, too. And, uh, yeah, so, and those are really hard to catch because you're reading, you're reading back over it, and you're just sort of, like, replaying in your mind what you were saying you're not actually reading the words um so yeah for, for a period of time i would just uh I'd, I'd have a few drinks while i was writing or before i was writing and uh then it, it just all came out you know uh you know who who advised doing that yeah hemingway right it was hemingway yeah hemingway R right drunk edit sober yep Hemingway advised a lot I don't, of I don't think hemingway ever followed that advice because that dude was always drunk <laughs> yeah i think we could do better <laughs> Than to uh, model our lives after Hemingway. Yeah, and he he probably just outsourced the the editing to somebody who was sober. Wasn't his like? Didn't he like? Wasn't he like involved with or married to some like really famous war correspondent, as well? That seems like a thing, but I have no idea. All right. Well, oh wait, wait, we got to talk about rap. Yeah, we're coming up on the hour, we're coming up on the hour mark, and we haven't talked about rap yet. Yeah, we can't break yeah, the streak. So, so, we, uh, so I think we, we wait, covered we, Star Wars. We, Anyone else? We did talk about rap. We we briefly mentioned Captain Murphy here, did we? No, we haven't mentioned. No, we haven't mentioned Captain. No, we talked about Pusha T. Yeah, we talked we about yeah, we did, and we talked about Cruel Cruel Summer, and good music. But the good but, music, good music. But we got to talk about Captain Murphy because. He's insanely talented, whoever he is, uh, for those not in the know. Uh, Probably by the time this is released, we'll know who he is. Yes. And this will kind of be moot. As of the time of this recording, he is an anonymous rapper uh, signed to... Uh, is Flying Lotus English? I think he's English. I'm not sure. Uh, uh, is signed to producer uh, Flying Lotus. Brain Feeder. Brain, uh, brain Feeder. Brain Leader. Uh, brain, brain Feeder. Uh, Great record label. They're the new Warp. They are the new Warp. Every single person on Brain Feeder is fucking fantastic. If you go, if you like use Spotify or Audio, like just go and listen to the like the label. Like on Audio, you can listen to a label station, like a, a station of like music per, per label. Uh, and the one for Brain Feeder is just fucking amazing. You can just leave it playing all day. It's great. Uh, but yeah, Captain Murphy, ridiculously talented. Uh, he debuted on a track with Earl Sweatshirt. Who we raved about last episode. Uh, and, and Captain Murphy just came out of nowhere. This is a crazy thing, is that he comes on this track, produced by Flying Lotus, who Flying Lotus is one of the greatest pro uh, producers in Electronica today. If you, uh, He got his start doing the little bumper musics for, uh, for Adult, Adult Swim. Swim. Yeah. Like, yeah, like yeah, four maybe like six years ago. And Earl, yeah, and Earl Sweatshirt, you know, one of the one of the greatest, ra eighteen years old, and one of the greatest rappers of his generation already. And Captain Murphy comes on totally anonymous, and you know what? He gets on a track with Earl, and he stands up. He doesn't get destroyed, uh, which is you know, that's an achievement. And then he recently released yeah. this mixtape, Duality, which you can access at captainmurphy.xxx. Yes, he has a .xxx domain name. Is that awesome? Yes, that is awesome. So awesome. Uh, and it's really an incredible, uh, incredible mixtape. 
Uh, rather unsettling, actually, when you consider that the bumpers in between the songs are mixed out of the Heaven's Gate uh, cult leaders video. Whoa. Yeah. Of yeah, and the, the coolest part about the mixtape is the way it was released. It has so far only been released, and I think tonight, actually, the regular edition of it is coming out, but like for the first maybe like two or three weeks of it being released, the only way to get it was to watch a 35-minute video with the mixtape as the audio. And the video was done by this French uh, video artist, and it's just fucking amazing. It's so good. It's just, it's like basically the greatest, like, sort of like abstract, sort of like VJ-style music video, and it's 35 minutes long. It's really good. Yeah, it's a really, it's, it's not at all safe for work. Uh, no, they're, 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 uh, there's assholes in it, and there's also dicks <laughs> and boobs. Uh, yeah, it's but it, you know it's like lyrically, he's really on another level. People are speculating that he's Tyler the Creator because he has an extremely deep voice, but uh, I reject this hypothesis. Uh, I think he's pitched down. He doesn't. It doesn't sound at all. I and mean, Tyler has this just incredibly deep, bizarre voice. But lyrically, Captain Murphy is far beyond Tyler. Not that I want to slam Tyler. I love his raps. I love what he does. But he doesn't do this wacky, uh, futuristic, almost Dadaist uh, yeah. kind of holy. I would say it's psychedelic rap is what it is. And it, it, it's very reminiscent of Dell. And yeah, um, Dell or uh, MF Doom. Mando. Yeah, Dell and Doom, and that's sort of like Mad Lib sort of stuff. Whereas Tyler's Tyler's lyrics are they're emotional. They're real, but they're not, they're not crazy. They're not, uh, they're not psychedelic. And they're also not super funny either. No, no, no. And Patrick, I think you make, made a good point when you said that, uh, that Tyler is way too much for prima donna to be anonymous in anything. Oh, no, oh, no, yeah. no. Absolutely. Dude is, uh, you know, he, he's quoted as saying, I never wanted to be underground ever. He's, and he's currently recording with Miley Cyrus. How amazing is that? He recorded extremely appropriate songs about Miley Cyrus. Inappropriate songs. I don't feel comfortable quoting them on the podcast. Uh, That would be problematic. But he's recording with Miley Cyrus. And Pharrell, right? Yes, and Pharrell. I, I don't even know how to deal with that fact. I don't think he knows how to deal with that fact either. Oh, Tyler. Hopefully, you know, in that dude is the only. Manner. That dude is the only person who uses Formspring. I swear to God. <laughs> I, his Formspring is on my RSS feed, and he answers like twenty questions a day. Yeah, he really does. The other, the other one that's come up a lot is that people have suggested is that is that uh, Captain Murphy is Flylo himself, which is just, I don't. Why would it? Why? <laughs> Why wouldn't have, why wouldn't Flylo have hopped on a track if he could rap like that? Yeah, if like honestly, <laughs> he would have done a like a verse or something. Like he wouldn't. He's been around for a long time. Like, yep. If Flying Lotus could rap that well, we would have heard it before. Yep. But I mean, we 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 may have egg on our face because by the time this is out, we'll probably yeah, I mean, know who he is. Maybe he was just He's always well, very insecure about his rapping. It's possible. Um, the, the the reason why I say that is that Captain Murphy is doing a show tonight, like, and maybe later this evening, like in a couple. I mean, like probably three hours from now, four hours from now. Um, so then it may his identity may be revealed. He will at least get. He said he's gonna wear a ski mask on stage. Uh there was an Irish rapper whose name currently escapes me. Uh, who claimed he was Captain Murphy, but then admitted that he was trolling. So, <laughs> go Ireland! Uh, yeah! Finger yeah. guns are gift! <laughs> Ghostface wore a... Uh, that's one of the reasons why he, had, why he has that name, is that for a while he wore... Um, he wore, had to wear a mask when they, when he, when they did shows cause he was wanted by the police. Yes. We, oh, ghost face. We love you. Although that movie is fucking badass. 
Dude, movie, yeah. The, we watched the, it when you were in Pittsburgh, and I was like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. Oh, you guys, you guys watched the Mystery of Chess Box? No, no, no. Remember, we watched it. Oh, yeah, we did. We were hammered at the time, but... Uh, yes, yeah, we were. But no, yeah, that movie is great. I was about to say, I was like, I, I don't remember watching that at all. Well, I mean, I didn't, so... <laughs> <laughs> I think we also watched the uh, the Matrix at one point. Yes, we did. <laughs> yeah, we did. Um, and uh, yeah, no, you, you should you, you guys should watch that movie again. I, I I watch it regularly. It's it's really good. Ghost the Ghost Faced Killer is yeah. one of the coolest villains in screen history. He really is. He's like this inexorable force of death. He just shows up and he, ruins shit. Yeah. The whole movie is basically this one dude just doing the normal sort of kung fu stuff, like training, and like he starts out as a nobody, and then like goes to this school, and like they all hate him, and so he ends up learning kung fu from the cook, who's also a kung fu master. Pretty standard kung fu movie stuff, and you know, like he's tr- trying to train to, to avenge his father and all this stuff, and like, um, but during all of this process, they continually cut away from that and show the ghost-faced killer just wandering the countryside because this movie is so low budget they didn't have money for sets so it's just all these fights are taking place in fucking fields <laughs> he's just wrecking the shit out of people and like he, the reason why he's the ghost-faced killer is he throws this amulet down of this like chinese ghost face like like a chinese ghost and it's like a little like metal amulet that was really all the budget they had you, and then then he's like i'm gonna fucking kill you and he's like trying to kill. Basically, he's killing all the people who sold him out, like because he he like turned evil basically. And they were like, "Yo, you can't keep doing that." And they like they like banished him or whatever. Like the other kung fu masters. And it's like now fifteen years later, and he's like, "I'm back, motherfuckers! I'm gonna take you guys out." And it's just showing him beating these people up, and it's awesome. And so like you hate him, and he's like clearly a badass. And like you know, then there's this climactic fight, and like. All sorts of crazy shit happens, and then, of course, the movie ends, like, I don't know, like, 30 seconds after he's defeated, because it's a kung fu film, and they don't waste time with that shit. (laughs) (laughs) There are no denouements in kung fu movies. But they always say. Yep. All right, dudes. We're already over the hour mark, but this this has been awesome. This has been great. That's it for now. I'm from Assassin's Creed, Stab, 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 Stab.